Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt and Steve, the delectable duo. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? <laughs> doing very well. I'm doing quite fine, Lance. I, uh, I don't know how I should feel about you. Constantly referring to Steve and I as delectable, but you know what? I uh, I won't question it. Oh, uh, yeah, as you shouldn't. <laughs> um, no, today, today was a great day. We got to role play some, which is always good. And we get to dig into our first city source book, first location source book for, uh, for Warhammer. So that's a good thing, too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the discussion on this, especially on the, the last third of the book. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. So what have you guys been up to gaming-wise and stuff? Well, in uh, the last episode, last discussion one we put out, I talked about Hades and how it's just the one of the funnest games that I've played in a long time. And I, I'm still still playing that quite a bit. I know you wanted to mention the Borderlands RPG. Yeah, I think I, we talked about this a while ago, but I think it might have got cut for one reason or another. But right. yeah, the so uh, anybody that's listened to more than a, couple episodes knows that i am a huge fan of the borderlands uh series of games that is from gearbox and take two or uh, i'm sorry gearbox and uh, 2k games and they a few months ago announced that they are coming out with an official role-playing game set in the borderlands world it's called bunkers and badasses and i have felt for a long time like that is the perfect world for a role-playing game that the characters and the story is unique the combat and the variety in weapons and locations is is just begging to be an RPG. And now we are finally getting one. As it stands right now, I, it's planning on releasing in Q1. But last I saw, I think March is when it's supposed to release. But there's a core book that's coming out. In addition to that, which is uh, obviously a, that's, all you're going to need to get started, but there's also a deluxe edition that comes with a GM screen that has full color art, a bunch of cards that are specifically for the weapons that are in the game, dice, uh, miniatures for 10 vault hunters, a bunch of uh, over 50 enemy standees, a board that's uh, like a gridded board for combat and battle and stuff. I just, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for this. I love the idea of being able to make your own vault hunter and, I know that the variety that's in there is going to be, there's going to be a lot and it's based on a DLC that came out. It was the last DLC that came out uh, years ago for Borderlands two called um, tiny Tina's assault on uh, dungeon keep or dragon keep. And it was, I mean, you were playing borderlands, but you at times it was like you were on the table, like on a, on a tabletop game playing and you, there were times that you could see the players at the table, like up in the sky, you hear them narrating things that would happen would immediately change the world and what you were doing. The, the chests that you come across that have weapons and gear, 
instead of just opening it and getting what's in there, there was a uh, 20 sided die on top. So you'd have to roll the die first. And depending on what you roll, that was how good the gear was. You know, if you roll the one, it would just throw grenades out at you. You'd have to run away really fast. If you roll the 20, you'd get legendary gear. It was a really neat concept for a DLC. And then, of course, like I said, when I saw this was coming out, it was a no-brainer. I'm pretty sure I probably pre-ordered it on day one. So pretty excited about it. You'll definitely hear me talk more when it actually comes out and I get the book in hand and uh, all the rest of the stuff that's with it, too. Yeah, I saw that video. You sent me a video that kind of showed the introduction to it. And I'm like, oh, now I understand why you're excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So that's uh, that'll be good. Really excited about it. What about you, Steve? What have you been up to? Uh, been up to more reading of late. Um, have jumped on the PlayStation 4 and the laptop to play some RimWorld. But other than that, not too much. Just a lot of work. And uh, my daughter's turning two, so she's going Ooh. on those. Those wonderful twos that, mm. I, that I keep hearing about. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, she's already turning two. Are you kidding? Me? That's insanity, I, man. I'm just flown by. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the truth, man. Um, then pretty soon she'll be joining us for the actual play. So, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. So for myself, I, I've been doing some reading too. Uh, as I was like recovering from not feeling well and stuff. I uh, I read uh, Oathbreaker um, was a really good book for it was a dwarf. It's a Warhammer book. And I finished reading that. That was on my list. Uh, that was a pretty good one. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I also uh, I just recently kind of been just uh, checking back into my old. I put my I have a star was big into Star Wars Armada for a little while. And I have a big, huge map for a campaign that I like framed and everything and it's on my wall um and i'm like man i check into it and like there's a bunch of releases that have come out since i last looked at it right. yeah so like some uh clone wars era stuff so i'm like man i'm like itching like do i want to do i want to pull the trigger do i want to buy some of these like I, I might not ever play with them but i still want to buy so mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's pretty cool so um yeah but i really haven't been up too much either um and actually this weekend has been the first time i've been able to get some role play in and quite a while um and it felt good so yeah yeah ah uh, all right so let's move on to announcement and news so this is the part of the show where you, we keep you up to date on wolfrup and related news um we don't have a ton for yeah we we did in our last episode where we talked about the uh townsman and the villager we went over a lot of news a lot of fourth edition specific news uh, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely go back and take a listen. It was a really good discussion about the similarities and differences between those two careers. Uh, so today, let's hit uh, some news about our sister games. Well, real quick, I want to call a quick oh, audible, yeah. just and only because it's so pertinent to our subject today. Middenheim City of the White Wolf had a PDF update that updated a few things on it. And that, that came out this week. So... If you already bought it, there should be an update for you on your drive-through account. Um, go check that out. But uh, it yep. was very minor updates, but you know, worth mentioning. So, yep, yep, very good. That's that's the PDF that we're using to do our review today as well. Right. So right. it all should be up to date. But and uh, talking about our sister games, getting started with Age of Sigmar Soulbound, there is a humongous list of content that is going to be coming out throughout the entirety of this year. 
multiple PDFs and books are coming out in Q1, Q2, all the way through to the end of the year. This is not unlike what we talked about last week, where there's just so many things to talk about. They've announced a bunch of it, and there's a lot of good-looking stuff. So we've got PDFs for the Streets of Brightspear, Trouble Brewing, which are um, adventures and endeavors, things of that nature. Doomed Lands talks about new ways to use Doom in your campaign. The PDF for that is supposed to be releasing soon. Um, more adventures, Shadows in the Mist. There's a bestiary that I don't know if we have the exact title for that yet, but that is uh, PDF is expected for that in Q2. Steam and Steel, Black into Earth, Champions of Destruction, and more. So yeah, definitely a keep lot. an eye out for that. If if you're a if you're playing Soulbound right now, this year is looking pretty solid as far as releases. So definitely definitely check those out. Yep, it's like every quarter there's some there's something new out. Um, same thing with Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory. They're coming out with everything in quarter, you know, two, three, four. Um, you're looking at the Wrath and Glory core rulebook, the Forsaken system, Litanies of the Lost, uh, Church of Steel, Science of the Fane, and a bunch of little other PDFs. I'm sure they're going to fit in there, you know, throughout the quarters, but. There, there's a, just a long list of stuff coming out for that game as well. Yeah, really excited about the release schedule that it looks like it's coming out. So I hope uh, everything goes well. We don't hit any snags and production lines, and uh, we see that. So it's going to be awesome. Um, so on to other news. Um, our Battlefield allies, Garblag Games, uh, officially sponsored by Cubicle 7 and Games Workshop for the Enemy Within campaign. They just started it on Twitch and YouTube recently. We love Pete over at Garbalite Games and all the Garbalites. The, those guys are really cool guys. Um, we got a good relationship with them. And For they sure. do really fun actual play. Um, so, and Pete's probably going to be sad to hear this, but like, I am not actually going to go watch his Enemy Within. Uh, I'm still trying to hold Enemy Within uh, close until I run it or play it. Um, and it's just the stars haven't aligned. We're, we're playing fourth edition you know, every month, but the enemy within campaign is just, we're doing our own thing. So I'm, I'm holding off, but it's, it's definitely, I know the players I've, I've listened to them play through their uh, three seasons and it's good stuff. So if you like listening to actual plays or watching that, go check out their YouTube channel, check out their Twitch channel, lots of details on their Twitter and everything as well. So just uh Garblag games, G A R B L A G. Just Google them. You'll find them. Yeah, hats off to Pete and everybody over at Garblag. They uh, they're doing it and doing it well. So Absolutely. very good stuff. Um, so you'll find this information and more at cubicle7games.com. Be sure to check that out. There's uh, links in our show notes as well. Um, so now let's get on to the meat of the show. The main topic, uh, the reason you're all here, and this is for Middenheim, City of the White Wolf. This is our first city themed source book that we've gotten for fourth edition and it's a doozy um i printed it out here and i'm just like i'm holding it and i'm like man this is this is not like a small book coming in at over 150 pages um of content there's a lot to talk about here and we're going to get into that in a second but it's just uh it's you, you might have the middenheim city of the white wolf or it well i guess it wasn't called middenheim i make it, it was just called middenheim or k Okay, I forget the exact title of the first edition book, and it went through some revisions and stuff. But there's 
plenty of information. Like if you have that, this is still a good book for you. So uh, we're going to go into more in detail here in just a bit. But um, overall, um, that's what we're talking about today. Minnenheim City of the White Wolf. So uh, Old Worlders, um, be sure to hold your cloak tight as the wind bites from the city of Ulrich. As you enter the city where human and wolves sometimes share the same space um, and the same God with uh, this episode of the Old World Podcast. <laughs> nice. So, Middenheim. Welcome to Middenheim. Uh, Middenheim is the largest city of the Empire's northern provinces. It's huge. Um, I don't think it's ever been taken over. It's, it's kind of like just a city fortress on a mountain. And, and just looking at the images, you know, before you even get to, you, you know, the Welcome to Mindheim section, just artwork, of course, just, you know, the scale <laughs> of everything, just gorgeous. We, uh, it's impressive. Can we take this second? Let's let's get it out of our system right now, guys. Artwork. Amazing. <laughs> oh, so no, good. Not. <laughs> <It's>, oh. <laughs> it, we say this every time about every book. And and here's the thing. Cubicle Seven's not perfect. But man, when it comes to this. Like I'm looking at some of the pieces, like on page four. Just yeah, the, I was gonna the, say I'm staring at page four oh, right now. It's it's yeah. a, a two page spread of the causeway into the city, and it's just it's just so good. And artwork does so much for you. I just lots of good stuff. Um, yeah. the map this, is is another piece art, of artwork. This art specifically gives you a lot of perspective if you're not super familiar with Middenheim yes. and what to expect and yeah. why some of the things that Steve already mentioned, why it's so well fortified and protected. And I mean, how could somebody sack the city Right, knowing how it's constructed? It's built in such a way that it's essentially impenetrable. So, right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, another, I mean, obviously when we get the hard copy, we'll talk about this a little more so that we can see what it, but I, I have no doubt that it's going to be an absolutely gorgeous book when it's printed and in my hand. Like, I will say this. When you flip through this book, like, you just instinctively get... This is the city of winter wolves and, and yep. warriors. Like, you you exactly. you get that feeling in every piece of art in here, pretty much. Yep. Like, cold. You really feel like it's the mountain. Yeah. Like, yep. you're way up there, you know? Is it crazy but, that I feel like I should put a jacket on while I'm reading the book? Right. Like it gives you it gives <laughs> exactly. you that like frigid it does kind of a feel. Yeah. And so Steve, you said it's on a mountain, like, and I think it's interesting, right? It's like, how did they describe it? Like the mountain was chopped off, right? So like it's completely flat. And then they built a city on it. Like right. think about how defendable that would be. Like you basically have natural cliffs supplementing your walls for an entire city. So, and it's almost like what I thought, what I read was that they like lopped off the top where they made like a flat, like mile kind of wide surface. So it's like the city and then you got, you know, hugging the mountain. It's just. Right. And they build all these causeways up to it. And yeah, so really cool. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out of our system. Please continue, (laughs) Steve. (laughs) <laughs> so overall the the first section welcome to mid and high you know it, it takes you through like the origins of the city it goes more an explanation of you know of, of why it's called the city of the white wolf uh non-human inhabitants and kind of how the how business is run there because you figure you know it's on a mountain how would the economy even work 
you know, they kind of go through all that stuff. Um, the next part, the history of Mindenheim, this goes deeper into kind of like the main events, you know, like the rise of the King Arthur, you know, that story. I, I was uh, surprised the, how, sorry to cut you off. I just want to say, no, I was surprised fun, yeah. how much history we got for a city. Yes. It just like, there's so many huge things that happen. I'm the reign of the, of the wolf emperors, wizard's war. It just, it goes on, on and on. Yeah. And then once you get to page 12, that's when it really gives you the timeline. It's not a short one. It's like pages, what, 12 to 15. Yeah. Yeah, Four four pages. Like full full pages. pages. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like the timeline that we saw in, we've seen in several books now, but in the core book specifically that, you know, you can, you can see from years and years, you know, over, you know, thousands of years ago, exactly how the city got started and all of the things that have happened to it since. And it's really, it's concise. Like we said, four pages, all, you know, bullet pointed with uh, this precise date uh, that the events took place. So really cool stuff. And after that, it kind of moves on to like how the city is today. You know, you, you've read about the history of the past. Now it's shooting you right to kind of how it is right now. Um, and then after that, it goes on to uh, the section of the city rulers. It just gives, you know, just how it's run, the leaders of today. And it goes on and on. It, it's actually about 12 pages long of just kind of, you know, the leaders, emergent houses, the orders of, of the Knights Panther, wizards. Interesting, the low kings of Midheim. Yeah. That's a really interesting yeah, section and aspect of the city. Right. And there's more There's more on the low kings later in the book, too. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, it's... um. Man, and it for me that what took me is like it's 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 like reading about like if you don't want to like learn about politics and how the city is run, <laughs> you probably don't need to read much of this section. Um, but like if you, I mean, if you're gonna role play in any of those higher levels, like all the interconnecting, they give you everything you need. Um, and I think this is the first part. The city rulers is the first part of the book when I was reading where I was reading sections where it's. It, they weren't necessarily story hooks, but they would say something like, oh, you know, this this department or knights or military section is run by so-and-so, and this is how it works, and oh, yeah, by the way, this person worships the dark powers. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting, like, uh, there's, there's inf- even though it's not like a story hook, it's like, oh, well, that's a story hook, <laughs> you know? And so after this, uh, it moves on to the visitor's guide. And so the visitor's guide is basically taking the the city and, de- and kind of cutting it up into sections. Now, there is a beautiful map that is done for the city of Middenheim, the fourth edition version. Um, now, there's an old edition, like first edition version of the city map. Um, and, and you can see the maps are very similar, have the kind of same different sections and stuff in it. But this one is newer, more modern. So, um, and what it does is it takes this new map and like kind of takes the different sections. So like the alt market or the, all these different sections of the city, right? The Ostor, the Alstwald, like, and then it gives you kind of like a, a blown up section of that map and then talks about the, the buildings, the people, what that like section of the city is about and how it works and and all of that. Um, so it's a really, and it breaks it down. I'm not going to go through all of them. There's like 20 different sections here, um, but it's really interesting, um, including the Undercity, which I think is really cool because 
the the mountain that the chopped off mountain that they're sitting on top of it's not like that's just solid rock below them right there are tunnels and different things in there and there's some really fascinating reading in here for sure um and the I, visitor's guide is the first section of this book that really like hooked me mm-hmm. and for a lot of reasons first off like you said the full size map is awesome it's it's beautiful it's got a great aesthetic and then each of those locations, which like you said, there's, I think at least 20 of them, it zooms in on that map and shows you just a tiny section of it. That's blown up in the book along with the locations. This is where we start seeing multiple story hooks per page. It breaks down the, all the locations it has killer art as always. And there's a bunch of NPCs in this section as well. Yeah, and so this is going to be kind of my first thing that I'm not, I don't want to say not happy about, but it is a choice, an artistic choice that I would not have made. So when you look at the city of the map, or the map of the city, this city is supposed to have a population of 40,000 people. But when you look at the like map, the way that it's like, I'm looking at a section of Grassmund right now, there's literally two buildings on the map right in the city to represent that section. Yet this represents an area where a bunch of different estates and lodges and different things are. There's more than two buildings there. But if you like look at the map at a glance, it doesn't look like a 40,000 population city. You know, it looks like a thousand population city. So like the scale, the way the scale is done, it was an artistic choice and I think it's beautiful. And let me be clear. I bought a hard copy. They sell the map. You can go to the Cubicle Sevens website and get like an actual printed big version of the map to poster. I'm going to have that on my wall. 100%. It's beautiful. Um, but I would have chosen to make it more granular so it it felt like a more populous city. Because when you see the map, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. But it's still mm. beautiful. Yeah, there is some, some I think, perspective. Not I don't want to say perspective issues. But uh, looking at some of the areas of the map, it shows it as a much more dense area that it's not just one or two buildings it's hundreds of smaller buildings uh and uh, you know whether that represents just that specific area or or what i I hear what you're saying it definitely is was an artistic choice i think if they would have done it like exactly to scale with buildings to scale we would have lost all of the the fun little details that are in there no i agree i agree it's yeah like i said it's a personal thing for me but um i do want someone to be aware like if you like in the, I imagine the maps are going to be on the end papers of this book and they're beautiful. Um, but like, if you just took a quick glance, you might not think this is a 40, like the second or third most populous city in the empire. Um, you know, just from a glance at the map. Yeah. But it is awesome. So, and so anyway, it breaks the map down. It shows all those in all those cool sections, lots of cool information in there. Um, yep. Very yeah. reminiscent, actually, of the Ubersreich book from yeah. the starter set. No, like almost like this this section, the visitor's guide is essentially the same thing, but with a different location. So if you if you like that, if you like the kind of stuff you got in that with the different NPCs, locations, story hooks, this is where you're going to find all of that. But for Middenheim. Yeah. And actually, since you mentioned that, I do want to mention like and it goes to almost the same granular level too. Like you get information on this specific butcher shop and what they do and how they go yep. about, you know, similar to Uber's right. So if you have the starter set Uber's right, you're right. This is 
it's essentially the same thing for a much bigger city. Yep. And very detailed. Uh, you know, like you said, there's, uh, there's plenty to go with here. This is, uh, if you are running a game in or around Middenheim, or you think you might want to, this is, this book is all you'd, you'd ever need to have years worth of content set in this area. Oh yeah. Easily. Yep. I definitely agree. Yep. I mean, this the, is what, like, uh, almost 80 pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's huge. So, it's- I mean, you're, Yeah. It is no no small amount of work went into this. Then, and in addition to the story hooks, NPCs, everything else we said, there are other uh, sidebars in here that talk about you know specific unique things. There's a whole section of magic items that you can purchase that we won't spoil them, but there's some really neat stuff in there yeah. that has some some functionality that I never you know considered in uh, in Warhammer before. So, yeah, this is this is where for me at least this is where the book really started to get good. Yeah, I agree. And just some of the where the temple is built around the sacred fire of Ulrich and like and there's mechanical rules in this section for that kind of stuff. Like what happens mm-hmm. if you put your weapon in it? Um, you know, the like what magical boon do you get and for how long? Like so it's not just purely like fluff and story hooks. There's plenty of that in there. But there's also little sections for mechanical stuff should you want to use it if your players come to that location. Yeah, I can't even like imagine like the brainstorming sessions. Now I know there's individual <laughs> writers, but when you got like 80 pages worth of describing sections of the city, and not only that, but individual like art pieces and little, you know, little handwritten notes that they throw in there, it's just mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very very cool. So once we finish up with this section, that brings us to the next chapter, which is beyond the walls. So this is the what you get when you leave the walls, the protective walls of the city. And these are the uh, various areas and you know slums, buildings, villages, surrounding towns that are near and connected to Middenheim, but not within the city walls. And actually, I wanted to... One thing I was looking at this section, I remembered, um, if you weren't aware, too, all of these sections are also um, littered throughout with different stat blocks, too for like different people that are in those sections of the city or outside the walls and stuff, um, which you can oh, yeah. use as a, like an example or as, uh, um, you know, I, for the person. I would say it's not, it's not just a stat block. I feel like these are even more detailed than some of the ones we've seen in, in other supplements where you've got a piece of art, you've got the name of the character. There is a stat block there with everything that you'd expect to see, but also there's, three or four paragraphs that give you the whole backstory of this person. So it's, it's definitely more than stat blocks. And these are throughout the whole book. I mean, there are, there are dozens of NPCs that you can pick up, you know, you can find the the type of character you're looking for, pull it out from here and you've got it ready to go. So the things from outside the walls is really neat. There's, it talks about how there's tunnels and, you know, overhanging sections and just, it's really unique how, they were able to build this into like the cliff edges and crevices all just to, to maximize that space for, you know, people that aren't able to be inside the city walls for whatever reason. Right. I really like the, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but the Kleine Klappel or whatever. Kleine Klappel. Yeah. Or Kleine Kapel. I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
so this this section is a lot shorter. It's only I think four pages. It yeah. does not have as detailed breakdowns of the areas. It doesn't have story hooks, not the the kind that we're used to seeing. But that's not to say there isn't plenty of information here if that was uh, the route you were going with your adventure. Right. And to be fair, this is kind of, I think, meant to be immediately outside the walls. We, we're we going to talk a little bit about the duchy section in a bit um, mm-hmm. that kind of goes for more of a reach out from there. Well, I mean, the first time like, I glanced at the section here, I was thinking like, oh, beyond, beyond the walls, danger. Yeah. Like the first picture, <laughs> you know, wolves eating bones on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the next section is a bestiary and, oh man you know even this section is not long but what's in it is just colossal i mean the first thing they that they show is uh, it's called the bloody heidsman yeah we're talking 104 wounds yeah this is one of the gnarliest most wicked looking things i think uh, would not want to come across yeah i'm pretty sure this was the first thing you called out Matt, when we talked about this on the phone, you were like, Lance, did you see the bloody Heidsman? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's wicked. Size enormous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about that, man. Like, you know, strength bonus is seven. You're just whatever it hits with. It's already hitting with seven wounds without even going to success levels. I sometimes wonder why there are creatures that are this strong, even in these books. Like how, I mean, you would need a, a, such a well thought out plan of action to, to face one of these. And with a party of, of, you know, super well-built characters to even go up against something like this, because yeah, I mean, if it, if it got its hand on you, that's all it would take. And you'd literally ripped into shreds. Yeah, this is my I'll be honest, this has become my backup plan. Like if if I if I go like another year of somehow not getting you guys to spend fate points, I'm just going to throw one of these at you and be nice. like, whatever, let's just kill the whole party. <laughs> I mean, this is the type of creature that I'd have on my ads to sell Von Hole's lamp oil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be sure to team to kill the bloody Heidsman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, you mentioned that this section isn't very long. It it is only a I think three pages, but yeah. what I what I like about it is that it's not it's not just a bestiary that's full of stuff for no reason. Each yeah. entry in here is very specific to Middenheim, specific to cold temperatures, cold climates. So it fits really well with uh, obviously being in this book. Yeah. It sure does. And of the next part, the children of Ulrich. Oh, yeah. Now, if anyone's unfamiliar with that, it's a term used throughout the Empire for a human capable of assuming the form of a wolf. Think about that. Werewolves, basically. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah. And and technically, they talk about like rules, like how in the book, how you might be able to get a character to do this with like GM permission and special stuff, too. Right. Um, which is, man, just a crazy thought right like it's it's cool just everything's deadly um they got the specter i mean with kind of like a they have like a supernatural chill that can leave you shocked stiff yep and then the last one white wolves and that that artwork for the white wolf (laughs) even at that yeah man that's just like dang 
uh, it's like a wolf on steroids um, and really mean looking. But anyway, I all right. So I have to say, so the B series, it's just like I think you said it right, Matt. It's it is like perfect for Middenheim. They didn't go crazy and add a bunch of stuff that didn't make sense. They like here's some unique things that you don't already have stats for and rules for that you might run into near Middenheim. Have fun. That's that's how it feels. Yep. yep. And good luck. <laughs> yeah, and good luck. Good stuff. Um, so the next piece is the Grand Duchy of Middenheim. So when I was talking earlier how like Beyond the Walls is literally like right outside the city, this is kind of more of the big picture of Middenheim. So so here's the thing. It is confusing to someone that would be new to Warhammer lore. I am not. And I still had to get my handle around, okay, the Duchy of Middenheim, how big is it compared to Middenland, which is a whole nother section of province, right? Well, Middenland used to include the Drakwald, which was its own province way back in the day. But basically they lost the, most everybody that lived there got wiped out by beastmen. And so the Drakwall became part of Middenland and Middenheim sort of controls, quasi controls Middenland, but they don't. Uh, Middenland has their own elector. And then Nordland is another province of the empire with their own elector, but they're also sort of subservient to Middenheim. Like it is complicated. Um, and, and it is one of the pieces that I don't. So here's, here's a problem, right? Real life is complicated. And they built, like, if you want the answers to how this all works, it's in here, in this section, but it's not just in this section. It's in the section about the city rulers in the beginning, or welcome to Middenheim, right? Um, there's sections in there that talk about the different areas. And then, so this is something that really bothered me, right? Like, I wanted to at least try to get my head around how these different for lack of a better way, political entities and boundaries interacted with each other. And it was not simple to figure out. And I had to combine it, the information that's in here with the information that's in the archives of the empire to even really get a good idea of how it all worked, you know, because you throw in there, there's an elven kingdom <laughs> there too. Right. And up in that Northern section. So it's just, um, it is not easy. You almost have to pick out the pieces throughout the different sections of the book. I wish they would have had a section like understanding the political boundaries of the Middenland area or something like that. But um, it's there. So I just, if you get confused or you're frustrated because I was, realize it's kind of spread throughout. And also realize that like it's, it's changed many times, right? Depending on the current ruler and political climate like they might be independent they might be quasi-independent they might be completely independent from Middenheim or different things so it's anyway I found it frustrated so I wanted to mention that um having said that this section is very similar to the visitor's guide section where while it doesn't have like a little map section it goes into the other different pieces um, um, in places outside and in the Duchy of Mindenheim, the greater Duchy, and talks about different estates and even things like ruins or the timber trade. or And there's lots of plot hooks and story ideas and some really cool, deep like fam stuff. Family sigil uh, pieces of art, too, mm -hmm. which is, is yeah, kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. 
a few sidebars as well. One in particular, I'm sure you uh, loved reading, and that is uh, the disease, the spotted green brain pox. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, man, and that one's, in, that'd be easy to miss too. Like if you were looking at this and like, do we have a section for diseases in here? It's not going to show up, right? It's just kind of right. smacked in there. This one that incubates for 3D10 days. Yeah. Well, and the symptoms, one of them is homicidal raging, <laughs> which uh, it has its own paragraph there explaining exactly how that goes as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't get that. <laughs> right. So that brings us to the Low Kings, which essentially the Low Kings are the rulers of Middenheim's underworld. So these are the people that run the streets. These are the the criminals that, you know, they know what's going on. They've got their own turf. Uh, and in fact, there's a, a picture that shows the map of Middenheim and has large sections color coded based on who the low king is in that area. So it was, it's really quite neat. It gives you a feel for, you know, each one of these different rulers, these low Kings has their own feel, their own, you know, what they're notorious for. Uh, and that uh, like, you know, throughout this whole book, there's, there's um, story hooks everywhere. And that is the case in here too, for each one, there's at least one or two uh, story hooks to get you going. Yeah. I, and I really like the, the, they're very, the low Kings are sort of like mafia. Like they're very organized. And they have yeah. a pecking order and no yeah. crime happens without their say so and their cut, you know, and that sort of thing. So it's uh and it's it's in depth. This is not a like a super tiny section. It's again four pages just on the you know, there's even a section on the quotas <laughs> that they have. Um, right. And yeah, so I and really like where to go to to you know, pass a gossip test to find out who's the low king in that area uh -huh. and from there, all sorts of you know breakdowns on how that would go. Talks about the watch and how the watch has been bribed to the point where they, you know, let a lot of this stuff happen. Which, of course, you know, in situations like that, there's going to be untold amounts of corruption, uh, and it seems to to fit really well with this area, right? For sure. They even have like a map, kind of showing their influence realm. Yeah. Yep. The, the color coded map is really, it's quite nice. It, it reminded me like almost like burrows, the different areas where you'd find those, uh, those gangs, if you will. And, uh, I, I like a, one of them's called the man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The man or the oh, boss. They, yeah. They don't even yep. know. They don't even know who he is. Just the man. My, uh, my current theory is that it's Todd bringer. But <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> All right, so could moving on. We don't know. Oh, what was that? I said it could be Heinrich. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Uh, so moving on, we have uh, Dark Cults in Middenheim. Um, one of my favorite sections in the Ubersreich book is uh, talking about the cults. Um, and because it really gives you a flavor, and if you don't want to go along like with the enemy within or some pre-prescribed like, adventure, like dealing with a single threat, like one of these cults could really give you uh, uh, like a whole start for an adventure. Um, and they're so different too. Like, and you look at these, so you have like corn cults and, um, you know, different cults that some of these cults 
exist in multiple cities, right? We're just talking about them more like the purple hand, for example, right? But some of them are kind of unique that we haven't got before. Um, you know, talking about like the bears of the blood, um, the, you know, the eaters of the world, like some just fascinating. And these are other organizations that aren't necessarily like cults, right? Like the Slanesh cult of the Jade Scepter, but like these are yeah. other, there, there are other organizations that cause problems, if you will. Yeah. Um, there's a few pages right in here too, of more NPCs that are broken up the same way. Artwork several paragraphs with an explanation about who they are, where they're from, why they are, what they do. And uh, yeah, along with fully fleshed out stat blocks as well. Yeah. And, and what was cool is that they kind of give kind of like examples, like the imagery of the different cults. And there's even one section here that I think is cool. It's on page 135 where it's kind of like a hierarchy breakdown. Oh, of like yeah. a midnight hell. It's just cool to see like the high ranking guy and lieutenants and who's behind them, who's up top, where they're at in different towns. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. This isn't the first time we've had this artwork um, with the beastmen being crowned by this cultist. I love it. Yeah. Love it. it looks yeah, so cool. The, the coloring and all that, it, it really gives you a sense of like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> like, all right. Like, that's not right. <laughs> But just the artwork, like if you like zoom into the Jade Scepter, like you just think it's like a clump of Jade. But if you keep zooming in and in and in, you see it's figurines on the side. Oh my gosh, I did not notice that. Yeah, but they're not regular figurines. It's like a woman's body, but like with a skull face. It's just all different oh, sorts of ones. Man. But, Creepy. Good catch, Steve. Wow. Yeah, that is cool. I, I did not, not notice that either. I didn't notice that. That's. I just thought it was like a wicked looking piece of Jade. Like. That's man, that just blew my mind. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised, <laughs> right? But it's a uh, great, yeah, great detailed. artwork as always. All right. So now we move on to the different appendix or appendici appendice starting with mid and ball. So first off, we did get like really quick play mid and ball rules in the uh, rough nights and hard days in the pub games section. Um, and they have those here as well. Um, but they also have a breakdown for like a more complicated play where you can play the game. And this is like six pages, five or six pages, five, five full pages of rules on how you can play this game, um, including like a picture of like a field and just kind of the different bands of where you can start and how passing works. Yeah. Even have a way like to like figure out results of other teams quickly with different like matches and games and, and basically how their team is built. Like the pit bulls yeah. have 10 brutes and three athletes, you know, or whatever it is. And um, they have stat blocks for the, like the standard players and stuff like that. It's really cool. Having said that, I, 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 this is probably one of my biggest frustrations in this book. It is not simple. It is not, and I know it's five pages and it's not meant to be simple, but it is, I read this and so I'm like, okay, how do I play this? And I started reading it in order to like, learn how I would play a game. And like, it talks about doing these things, but you haven't talked about the rules on how to do them yet. So like, like kickoff, for example, is on the fourth page, the rules for kickoff. Like you would think you would have the rules for kickoff 
on the first or second page, right? Like, and like, it is not like I, it gives me the sense that these rules weren't, were either one, not play tested with a large group or two, like the people that did play test them already kind of understood the underlying rules and how they worked. And so these rules were plenty for them to be able to get going. But for me, I've, I read this section beginning to end like three times and it's still confusing to me. It's not clear how the, the rules work to me. And, and maybe I may, we talked about this a little bit, but maybe it's, we just need to do it right. We need to get characters and sit down at the table and play it. Right. It can be, especially just, just trying to visualize and see how it all goes together just by reading. It can be really tricky sometimes. I mean, I've got a buddy of mine and I, anytime we get a new board game, especially ones that are like super complicated, we'll sit down and play through, you know, half of a game with just the two of us before we introduce it to other people, just to try to get your head wrapped around how it all goes, how it works together. And, you know, so I think it would be worth that at the very least. Yeah. And I, and there are some cool stuff in here, like the brutality table. Yes. Sign me up. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, the athletics table is really cool. And like I, the concept here is, is awesome. But to me, like if I read a section three times and I still don't understand, like at a basis, like I don't even, like, I don't even feel comfortable. Like, how do I start? Right. Like, let me put it this way. I've read these rules three times and I don't feel comfortable that I could even start taking my gaming group in a session with these rules. And that's what's missing. It's missing that kind of grade block off section where like it takes you through like a mock game. Yeah. Or, or even, at least, even a couple at rounds. Least, at least, you know, the kickoff to the two like first three plays, you know, where like you get the sense of how overall everything should work, you know, to get you going. And that just wasn't there. I mean, I hate to be down on it because I think there is such cool potential here. It's cool. And maybe when I actually sit down and play with these rules, it'll be the funnest session we've ever played. And that's quite possible. And maybe it's just me. Yeah, which the fact that they give you those basic rules like we saw in Rough Nights and Hard Days, you know, that summarizes it in a paragraph. So, you know, depending on, I, I don't know how often you, you know, people would really want to dig in and play through a full game of Midden Ball at their, you know, in their session. But they uh they definitely i mean i haven't tried to play any of it but just in reading through the rules it is seems like it's it may be organized parts of it are out of place a little bit but well let me ask yeah, you more. i mean am i being too harsh on this like is it just me i wouldn't I've say i it like, once and i wouldn't even try it yet like i would have to read it like either much slower <laughs> or and take notes or read it multiple times, which I haven't done yet. But yeah. like from my perspective, it is missing that those example paragraphs, like more examples, like we expect that at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think that a couple read throughs is required to really truly grasp something like this, but also just sitting down and slogging through a game of it, or, you know, even just a couple rounds, once you start to see how it all fits together, then I imagine it would end up making more sense. It'd be easier to follow, but yeah, definitely not my favorite part of this book. However, the next appendix is my favorite part of the book. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know what you think. Tweet us. You know, maybe, like I said, I might be being too harsh and it might just be me, but I'd love to hear everyone else's opinion. But anyway, yes, let's get on to the next section, which I'm very excited about. 
Yep. So the next section is Appendix 2, and this is all about character creation. So to get started, whenever we've made characters, and we talk about this almost every time we do a career episode, we've all felt it when we're rolling up uh, random characters to get started. You're going to roll human nine times out of 10, and it's always almost like a bit of a letdown to be like, oh, yep, I rolled a human again, rolled a human again. This appendix, for me, almost fixes rolling a human as a as your species Mm -hmm. because it doesn't once you have human you now have the ability to break that down into multiple different areas regions excuse me so in the core book we have the reichland reichlander human and they have their own specific skills and talents based on the region that they're from well this appendix adds three new locations three new regions that your human can come from and they can be Middenheimer, Middenlander, or Nordlander. And each one of these is going to have different starting skills, different starting talents, a different table to roll on to see what um, careers and classes that you can get into. And it's really, it just adds that extra level to where now when you be- become a human, you have a little bit more wiggle room to pick one that's a little bit more with your play style or one that's going to feel a little bit different or more unique than other humans that are sitting at the table, for example. Um, and for each of these, there's a, uh, another uh, fully fleshed out character with other skills, all their talents, a piece of artwork, paragraphs of their uh, description of their backstory and whatnot. And there's one of those for each of the three uh, new regional humans. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, and uh, I would I would add, um, when I first looked at this, I was confused because I couldn't figure out, like I could see that there was Middenheimer, Middenlander, and Nordlander. But like where I expected, you know, from the core rule book, where I expected to see information on those, you know, race options, if you will, right? Like what your starting skills you can choose from and all that. They weren't there. They're actually underneath the examples of the characters that they have. So, like, we have a Middenheimer, and under the Middenheimer is the humans Middenheimer, like, rule set. Um, so, yep. it was a little confusing to me. It took me a minute to figure that out. So, like, if if that throws you off, just go go a couple more pages and look under the, you know, where the, the character, example like the, character the is. Like are. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, and for each of the three, there's a paragraph that talks about specifically what it means to be a Middenheimer. And again, they all have their own unique skills and talents that aren't, and don't get me wrong, it's not like these are going to be dramatically different. It's not going to feel like a completely different species, but it does just give you a little bit more to where every human that you make isn't going to be exactly like the last one. They're all going to have their own little little tweaks and changes here and there. It's like, oh, roll the human. Doom, suave, three random talents. Doom, suave, exactly. three random planets. Like, I have the and, same and a lot eight. Of still in there. Yeah, I have the same yeah. 10 skills to choose my advances from, right. you know. And now, so it just makes it, it gives more variety, right? Variety is a spice of life. And for sure, it also makes it feel different. Like, when I'm looking at this, like, I can tell you, I'm going to come up with a slightly different character that feels a lot like a Nordlander or Middenheimer than a Reichlander. Cause we've done that before, right? We've made a character and been like, Oh, this character is from, you know, a different, not the Reichland, right? Like we'd have, but now we can actually get something that feels a little more like that. 
right? Yeah, specifically looking at um, the Midlander, for example. So Midlander is somebody that doesn't live in Middenheim that's like living on the outskirts and, and in the more rural areas. Their skills are animal care, cool, evaluate, gossip, haggle, intimidate, language wastelander, leadership, lore Middenland, melee basic, outdoor survival, and ranged bow are the ones you can pick from, which a few of those aren't ones that you can get with a normal human. And then their talents, you get uh, doomed, which is the case for all of these, or you could choose just another random talent and then either menacing or warrior born, which is gives you a, a totally different feel than the, the Reichlander humans. So there's definitely yeah. just, this adds a little bit more variety. And I think rolling a human as your starting species, this this takes that to the next level to where now I'm not going to be like, ah, dang, I rolled human again. Now it's going to be like, Ooh, well, where's my human going to come from? Which one of these locations am I going to, you know, build from, I can either choose which one I want and build a character from there. I could roll it up randomly. And then, you know, each one's going to have a slightly different feel to it. Heck, I made a, a random chart for us that, like if you roll a human, then you can roll on the chart and it'll tell you which, you know, human and stuff. So, yeah. And I have to believe that, I mean, we know that there's going to be an Altdorf book. We know there's going to be a bunch of other location books. And I have to think that we're going to start seeing even more than this. So eventually we get to the point where you roll a human, you've got, you know, you then roll on a whole nother table to pick from the dozen different options that, uh, that we might end up eventually having. So the final page in this appendix is a new career for this book, and it is the Wolfkin. So this is, you can only be a Wolfkin if you're a human, and this is very similar to a flagellant. Essentially, it even says in here, if you're going to be this character, um, you if you're making either a Nordlander, Middenheimer, or Middenlander, uh, instead of being a flagellant, you are a Wolfkin. Uh, based on the the chart that you roll on in here, but you can always pick you know between the two if you want to. Um, but this character or this career, uh, it has the the same kind of page setup like we're used to seeing. So it has a description, several paragraph description of that career, the advanced scheme, and then a piece of art. The artwork for this guy is awesome. It is totally reminds me of Tormund Giant's Bane from Game of Thrones, and in fact. Yeah, like I, I, he had to have been a uh, an inspiration for this piece. So yeah, really similar to to uh, the wildlings that you find in uh, Game of Thrones. So doing a quick look at this uh, career, I know for a fact that we're going to cover this in a career episode eventually. So I'm not going to dig way into it. But you start you, every step of the way, you're getting skills and talents that will make you an absolute monster in combat. Right out of the gates, talents from the first level, you can get Berserker Charge and Frenzy, and, as well as um, Endurance, Heal, Melee Basic, Melee Brawling, and you're at that Tier 1, you can boost your weapon skill, strength, and toughness. So this, I mean, you can, you can start doing damage right away, and every step of the way, you're getting more talents that are going to increase your survivability and increase the damage and combat uh, efficiency. Yeah. Extra career. Sign me up. So, Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think you covered it really well, man. 
So yeah, one of the one of the really neat things too for this career path is that the trappings never change until you're at that final level. So your trappings from step one are a hand weapon and the clothes on your back, and that is consistent to the very end. Except at that point, you also need to have earned the respect of other wolfkin. Yeah, that's legit. So basically, you're only making brass one your whole career. Yeah, not about the money. <laughs> so yeah, this appendix two is uh, is a section of the book that I I know for a fact I'm going to use more than anything else. There's huge sections of this book I may never use, but uh, having some more variety for for making humans is where it's at. And the last appendix uh, three is future events. Um, I'm not going to talk too much at all about this because it's spoilers big time. It's basically the section discusses events and pu- published adventures and ideas for what might happen in Middenheim as consequences of those adventures and other events in the Warhammer timeline. So these are kind of events like, uh, like let's say if you are doing um, like power behind the throne, there's a section on what's coming to Middenheim before that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a section on what it would be like if you came after it. So it's definitely kind of different timelines, storylines based off of things you've already done or what might come into the future. So there's a lot of spoilers there. These three pages are 100% for a GM that's like running those adventures. Um, But I didn't even bother reading it other than like the first box when I was like, spoiler warning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm done. (laughs) So... So, yeah, but I'm glad that they're including some of this stuff, too, because honestly, uh, Power Behind the Throne in The Enemy Within can't, I mean, I don't think it's a secret. It takes place largely in Middenheim and Middenland. And so it makes a lot of sense that if you're running that, you're going to pick this book up. And if this helps you get a better handle, then great. So, so yep. yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised this. I'm, I'm curious to see what is in the power behind the throne companion because i would assume that this would make more sense in there but maybe again i haven't read it so this is probably very city specific so maybe that's why they did it but sure yeah and and we haven't seen power behind the throne yet but that should be coming soon based on a few weeks here that's true yeah i do also want to say that the index on this book is really nice it's two pages the first page is your standard a to Z index of all the different keywords and things you'd find in the book. And then the second page is a breakdown of the entire NPC list. There's an index for all of them uh, listed by their names. And then as well as locations based on district. So each of the districts has its own um, header. And then below that, it shows the locations in this book for where they talk about those different districts. I just felt like that was a, a nice way to do it because there's a lot in here. And if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for the Staller stables in Geldman, it's would be a lot trickier to go through and find that. But Hey, right. I like that they, that this isn't just a standard like a to Z index. There's uh, some more uh, utility that they put in here as well. Yeah. And actually they just added that on the most recent PDF update. So oh, nice. Yeah. So that's, that's a, it's a worthy addition. Yeah. Yep. That no, was pretty good. All right, so I think we've gone through the book, guys, and this is a part where we kind of go over our conclusion and final thoughts. Matt, you want to you wanna lead us off here? Sure. 
I think it it's probably pretty obvious that there's parts of this book that are going to be really useful for pretty much everybody. And then there's parts that aren't, I think in this case, the, the utility of this book is there's a lot in here for use is specifically if you're going to be doing anything in or around Middenheim, it's a no brainer to pick this up. The other thing I want to say is that this is the first time, the first location city specific source book that we are getting. We know there's more coming. And if this is the template for what to expect in the future, I'm super duper excited to see what comes next because you know, talking about the visitor's guide and how much content is in there for a GM uh, that's going to be running in that area, talking about the, you know, the appendixes, which are always super fun. There's always unexpected stuff in the appendixes. So it's cool to see more of that. Uh, like I said, this being a template of what, what we should expect in the future, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about getting more of these books. For sure. Steve, what, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the same. Like, if this is what we can look forward to in the future, you know, with like Altdorf and cities like like that, it's going to be just, it's great. Um, the depth that they went into with this book for the city is just, it, it's so cool. You know, 160 pages. Uh, it, it's not a very small book for a city. So uh, to keep up with this, um, I'll gladly read the other ones that they come out with. And overall, like, you know, with the tie-in with, if you're playing like, power behind the throne here sh- shortly um you might want to get this because obviously that portion of the story takes place in Middenheim, so it'll be a great you know addition to your role-playing games but overall i like the book um there were a few sections you know that were tough to read like the midden ball you know rules but i mean that's 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 pennies compared to you know the overall quality of the book Awesome. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I, I think you've said almost everything. So forgive me if I'm uh, going to kind of re-say some of this, but I, I will say, yes, um, the book is great. If if you like the concept of Mindenheim, if you've looked at it and, and it seems fun, and you if you're going to run adventures in and around Mindenheim, like to me, this is a no-brainer, something you should absolutely pick up. Um, and it's huge. I said it before, but over 150 pages of goodness. Um, and it really breaks it down a beautiful map. Um, you know, and plenty of, there is, you, I mean, to be honest, you, it's kind of like what we said about the Uber's right guide, right? You could run like years of adventures off that Uber's right guide. I, I would argue you could run twice as many adventures off of this city book. And, oh, for sure. and I, I would also say like, um, while there are pieces in, in primarily, like I said, the, uh, the mid and ball rules. And again, I don't know, maybe I should, before I judge them so harshly actually try to play with them, but I mean, it's still cool. I'm glad they included it. Right. And, and I, the, the options for careers and more like regional, like, uh, humans. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's good stuff. And something I really, I really enjoyed, even though it was small, the B series really felt right. What they included and what the, what was there felt very good. Like it felt Middenheim and, and this whole book, like feel it's a good, it's a good book. It's a good buy. Um, and I definitely think it's worth it, especially, and to what you guys said too, 
now that we've read Middenheim, I, I was always more excited to get Altdorf than Middenheim um, because of the colleges of magic and the seat of the empire and stuff I've in, in the, you know, Imperial zoo. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff in, in uh, Altdorf that I'm super excited to, to read about and to see. This book has made me so excited for Altdorf because I imagine it'll be this book, but Altdorf, and I cannot wait to get it. Agreed. Yep. And, and more in the future as well. Like we know there's going to be a lot more than just those. Yeah. So no, I would love to see Nuln. I would love to see Talibheim. I think Talibheim more than Nuln, honestly. Nuln would be cool, right? Imperial Gunnery School. Um, manufacturing center of the empire, but like the Talibheim, I think is even more interesting. So anyways, sorry to cut you off there, but I agree. Yeah. There are other cities and heck they could do it with non-imperial cities. There's a lot of options out there for those as well. True. Awesome. So, um, final grade guys, I did want to ask this. We've done this before and I'm going to propose, uh, in the future, we get a more standardized grading system for these books. Um, instead of just kind of off the cuff, what do you think? Um, but for today, I'd like to just kind of ask, you know, out of five, um, what would you, what would you give it, Steve? I'd give it an A. It, it, it is exactly what it is. It's a Middenheim book. It's very thorough, very, it just, and it's so in depth that you really get the feel for it. And that's what the whole point of the book is. Yep. I'm right there. I think I'd give it. If we're doing out of five, I'd probably give it four, four and a half out of five, or a solid A, A minus maybe in there. There are some sections that are a little, you know, a little much. There's sections of it that I know that I, I doubt I would ever use in game, but there's enough in here that I would. That uh, to me, I think this is a worthwhile product to have. Absolutely, um, for the career and the, the regional, you know, humans alone, um, and I agree. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a four, 4.5. I would give it a 4.5, I think. Um, because especially if you're using this book for what it's designed to be, which is a source book for the city of Middenheim. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a 4.5 easily, maybe even more overall. I I give it a 4.5. So, um, it sounds like we all kind of agree. 4.5 is, is where we're at. So, um, excellent. Bye. So, Awesome. Well, that's the end of our show tonight, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Our next show right now, according to what our schedule is and what we're doing, we're likely going to do another career episode and expect more on that later. Um, we're fairly certain it might include the Wolfkin. So something to keep in mind. Um, so don't hold me to that, please. But that's kind of what we're looking at right now. But be on the on the lookout. Uh, some more on that um, to come soon. Yeah, don't forget, we also have Archives of the Empire Volume 1 that is also, there's plenty of content in there to I can't wait to talk episode. about it. So, yeah, that that'll one, be another one we talk I, about soon. I'll, I'll come out and say it right now. I like Archives way more than Middenheim. And I, I like Middenheim. I love Archives. Yeah. I can't wait to yep. talk about it. Nice. So, listeners, keep in touch. Let us know your questions, feedback, and even show topic suggestions. You can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com or on Twitter at Old World Podcast or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Old World Podcast. And while you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help out, become a patron. 
For only a couple dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards too. Check us out at patreon.com slash oldworldpodcast. And also just a reminder, oldworldpodcast.com slash store. Um, go check out our Zazzle store. There's always like deals going on. In fact, we just picked up a bunch of steins for like $14 a piece. And um, we rave about these steins. I don't know. Maybe we just got an amazing batch. Um, we're, we ordered more. So um, if you if you like steins, we put the vault logo out there as well. So go check it out. Um, you know, check out our store. That's another way you can support us. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. Awesome. And this is Lance saying good night. And if you get cold easily, Middenheim is not the place you want to go. This is Matt reminding you that when the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf kin dies, but the pack survives. <laughs> That's, That's a good, good one. Uh, this is Steve saying good night, and if we ever meet in Middenheim, let's catch a game of Midden Ball. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW, Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC. 